And here we go. That's right. You're back in Red's line, and we got another game recap for you. Now, this was game number 37, highly winnable. But the problem is with the Red's analytic department. And I know I'm getting way ahead of it. Uh, like I said, it was Sonny Gray going against his old team. He was the Oakland Athletics ace for a while. Not for a long time because he's only 29. But you know what I'm saying. He came from athletics, got traded to the Yankees. Yankees traded him to the Reds. And uh, this is his first time being a Red back in the Oakland Coliseum. And uh, like I said, if Sonny Gray doesn't walk batters, we're going to have lots of wins. If he walks batters, going to be a rough night. And I know that's oversimplification, but you got to trust me on it because he walked the first batter of the game. And uh, that was uh, kind of uh, an omen because uh, Profar, who provided all the offense of yesterday, basically, hit another home run in the bottom of the first after Gray walked Simeon. And uh, that put the uh, Athletics up 2 to nothing. So walks are haunting. Walks are bad. Um, I don't know. Well, you know, Think Pitch, he kept saying that Sonny Gray had a lack of concentration. I don't know how true that is, but the Reds did pick him up because in the top of the second, they came out and put a four four spot up there. I mean, everybody got a hit, including uh, Josh Van Meter. So it was pretty exciting, especially when – and I bet you that first inning for Gray was a lot of nerves. You know, he's back in Oakland, and, you know, he's pitched against Oakland before, but this is him in a new league, and he's visiting. And uh, he even talked about how he had good memories of a playoff atmosphere and everybody was chanting, sunny, 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 sunny. So I imagine that any time he plays back there, he's going to have a little bit of, you know, I don't want to call it uneasiness, but maybe butterflies or whatever. So uh, I can see where the first inning, there was some nerves. but And then he pitched pretty good, second, third, fourth inning. But I'll tell you what, the athlete, he didn't get out of the fifth inning and... Everybody who watches this game is going to be like, well, Sonny Gray sucks. He walked five batters. Well, yeah, Sonny Gray walked five batters. I'm not going to say he didn't. And he was picked up by some pretty good defense in this game, too. But some really bad defense cost him. But I'll tell you what the real bad defense was in that fifth inning. Whoever is running this analytical department and telling these guys and Freddie Benavides and David Bell to do these shifts. How many times on Red's line have I said, shifting is not a cookie-cutter approach? In that fifth inning, they got burned twice on a shift. You don't have to shift for every player. Do you not understand that, David Bell or Dick Williams or it, Freddie Benavides? I highly doubt Freddie Benavides is this analytical guy just based on what I know, but he's the bench coach. Obviously, there's some data in there that the bench coach is supposed to have unless David Bell has his own little script, but 
They are using a cookie-cutter approach to analytics. And how many times have I said, you can't do that? They got four outfielders out there against Olsen. What are four outfielders going to do against this guy? And then you've only got three infielders playing basically straight up to the right. And that's the problem. But it, it, it just, it's not even that bad because the Olsen shift makes a little sense, but not the four outfielders. How many times have I explained this to you people? A shift works like this. And in fact, it's called the Williams shift for Ted Williams. You play your third baseman, deep shortstop. You play your shortstop kind of up the middle. And you play your second baseman deep, really shallow, shallow. Well, I don't want to call it shallow, but you play him very deep second base in the outfield. And your first baseman plays, depending on either on the line or normal, depending on the actual hitter and the tendencies on line drives. So the Reds are shifting on like Joe Tick. And talk, I can't even get it up. They're, they're shifting on John Doe. How many times have I said it? And I use the Dodgers as a perfect example. You're not, you don't need to shift on Bellinger or Seager. Those guys are gifted hitters. You want to shift on uh, Jock Peterson? Be my guess. He's a straight-up pull hitter. Would I shift on Bryce Harper? Maybe I would, but maybe I wouldn't because he's still a pretty dang good hitter. And he can lay down a bunt on you. Now, the Oakland Athletics have made you look like novice rookies in your analytical department, Dick Williams. And it's not even, it's not even like that they're that great. It's that you are that bad at, at implementing these shifts. You don't shift on every player. You are shifting on guys hitting 200. If you had a dead red Pole hitter left-handed, all of, like I've said, a Ryan Howard type guy. I understand it. That that Chris Davis who hadn't been who hasn't been playing. Yeah, you might put a shift on him, but you still don't need four outfielders, and you gotta play the shift how it's normally made. I've already explained it. So whoever wants to blame this game, it's not Sonny Gray's fault in the five walks. I'll admit they didn't help. And it's not Robert Stevenson's fault, who was used last night in cough-top runs, and that David Bell brought him in in the bottom of the 13th, and he immediately gave up a home run to Piscotty. It's not Robert Stevenson's fault to give up a home run in the bottom of the 13th. This is all on the front office, and the analytics department that don't know what they're doing. And I'm getting tired of yelling. I'm about to blow a blood gasket. Go watch the replay of this game, and you'll see how the Oakland Athletics, they weren't even taking advantage of the shift today. Last night, they took advantage of the shift. If you watched them, they played down a bunt. Tonight, the baseballs that were hit by their bats found holes because the shift was implemented against John Doe baseball player. So, yeah, I'm fired up, but I'm tired of this team being ran by incompetent people that think they found a, a analytics baseball sabermetrics for dummies book at, you know, the local bookstore, and now they're thinking they're some kind of a guru 
on analytics and shifts. You guys don't know what you're doing. So anyways, let's get back to the game. The Reds already couldn't score any runs. Of course, they scored four runs. Should have been enough to beat these athletics in this particular game. The shift's what cost you in the fifth inning. Not anything else. Anyways, the Reds lose 5-4 to four in the bottom of the 13th. If you don't believe me about this shift, you've got to go watch the replay of this game. But another thing, I've talked about this shift many times before. You implement the shift against dead red pull hitters. And I'm tired of saying the same thing over again. I just got to get on with this game before I have a heart attack. So anyways, let's get like, let's, 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 let's at least try and get to the good things list before I go insane. Okay, so what, what, who can I put number one on the good things? Well, I'm going to have to just give it to, uh, I'm going to give it to Nick Senzel again. Two for six with an RBI. He's batting average up to 231. OPS of 910. Uh, had a good little game going. Really proud of him. I'll give uh, number two on the good things list to Kyle Farmer. He was uh, playing again for summer. Oh, and I also got to tell you another thing. I'm so upset at David Bell. You're going on the bad things list for this. Why are you playing Kyle Farmer at second base? He is a third baseman catcher by trade. He can play first base relatively good. And I understand he can play second base in a pinch. But you have just brought up 338 or whatever hitting 13 home runs, 31 RBI, Josh Van Meter. And you got him benched, and today he gets his first major league start at designated hitter, batting ninth. On what planet are you on, David Bell? And I can't, I don't know if I gotta blame you, or I gotta blame those morons in the front office running this analytics thing. That ball that drove in, or that, yeah, that baseball that went to uh, between first and second, a lot of people blame Joey Votto. You had Kyle Farmer playing right next to second base. If you'd had Josh Van Meter out there playing a normal second base, you're out of that inning. And the shifts don't even cost you. But the, the runners were on base because of the shifts. And then you got Kyle Farmer playing second base. I don't know what your thing is, David Bell. Was it that you were that not good of a baseball player? You had basically one okay season that you see Kyle Farmer as a guy like you? Well, guess what? Kyle Farmer is a very gifted hitter, and he's and he has a special talent coming off the bench. He's your best pinch hitter. You've got a rookie who's a highly offensive-minded rookie who plays second base, and you've got the Disney hitter, and you're – you're putting Josh Van Meter at designated hitter and playing a third baseman catcher at second base. David Pelt, you have no excuse. And if it's not your fault, then you need to tell whoever, you need to tell the media whoever's telling you to play Kyle Farmer at second base because they're an abject moron. Okay, back to the good things list. Kyle Farmer. It's not even your fault that David Bell doesn't know how to run a Major League Baseball team. But we'll give uh, 
Anyways, you're number two on the good things list. Just be, and it wasn't because you're a defense call farmer. Um, where are you in this lineup? You're one for three with an run and an RBI. You uh, drove in one of the runs. Uh, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, and by the way, guess who went two for four with a run in an RBI today and two walks? He got his batting average all up to 198. Jose Peraza. And why is that? Remember last night in the Reds line, I said that his bat plays in this big ballpark because of the way the way is uh, the way he strikes the baseball and whatever. I explained it last night. Jose Peraza, he should probably be number one on my good things list, but I can't put him on the number one of the good things list because I explained it. It's the fishbowl effect and the way he swings the bat. In fact, I will tell you what. If you were smart, you'd probably trade him to the Oakland Athletics because he fits this team. Maybe you can get a couple of their uh, young pitchers like A.J. Puck or something for him, and you can try and tell the Oakland Athletics how great he'll be in this ballpark. But anyway, uh, I want to put uh, Jared Hughes, number three, on the good things list. Three innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, no strikeouts, but pitched really good. I knew he was going to – I should have put him number one on the good things list, but uh, Sinzel got it for getting a couple more hits tonight in the RBI. Uh, but I, I really think Jared Hughes should be number two on the good things list. Three innings, like I said, uh, really came in, really did a great job. Uh, like I said, only two hits, no runs, didn't walk anybody, didn't strike out anybody, but just pitched masterfully, masterfully over three innings, really give the Reds the boost they needed. I would also say that Michael Lorenzen was awesome, two innings, one hit, and uh, how many did you strike out, Lorenzen? Yeah, you struck out four. Wow, that's even awesome. So guess what, Kyle Farmer, you're off the you're off the good things list, Kyle Farmer. <laughs> okay, so number one of the good things list, we'll put Nick Senzel. Two for six with an RBI. Number two on the good things list, we'll put Jared Hughes. Three big innings, only, uh, what was that, one hit or two hits, Hughes. Two hits, no runs. And then number three on the good things list, we'll put Michael Lorenzen. Four Ks over two innings, one hit. Like I said, not after, not after this year, but after next year, they got to sign uh, Lorenzo to a long-term contract. I'm telling you, that guy's a great pitcher and a great person and really uh, versatile. And he can be a pinch hitter, obviously. Everybody knows that. And he caught the last out in left field the other night. Um, was the, I don't think that was in Oakland. Obviously, that was in uh, Cincinnati. So, anyway, let's go on. Let's go to the bad things list. I'm going to have to take a little break here to rest because you guys know how number one is going to go. So I'm just going to say, David Bell, your shifts only work on players that are meant to get shifted on. You cannot use a cookie cutter approach to shifts. You guys are looking like the laughing stock of the league. It's like you've got a brand new toy or brand new lawnmower and you don't even know how to run the damn thing. It's embarrassing. Stop doing the shifts on John Doe players. I'm tired of it. Number two, David Bell. 
You had no business starting Kyle Farmer the last two games at second base. I could see if you wanted to put Joey Votto as designated hitter to give him some rest days in American League ballparks, which is probably what you should do, and play Kyle Farmer at first base. But you should damn sure have Josh Van Meter playing every day at second base when you, before Scooter Jeanette gets back. You can't develop him on his bench. Uh, you can't develop him on the bench. Oh, by the way, Van Meter, congratulations on that base hit today. Really proud of you. I'm sorry that you are uh, in the Devin Mezzarocco, Todd Frazier, Jesse Winker developmental stage of the Cincinnati Reds because the front office don't know how to develop young talent. But anyways... Number one and number two on the bad things list go to David Bell. And who should we give number three on the bad things list to? I'm not giving it to Stevenson who gave up a home run to Biscotti. He just got used last night. David Bell shouldn't even brought him in. The next pitcher to come in should have been Zach Duke. No offense. I know Zach Duke sucks, but at least he didn't pitch yesterday. And Zach Duke don't even really suck. The problem with Zach Duke is he's not a long reliever. He's a loogie. Anyways, so number three on the bad things list, you know what? David Bell, you win. Trifecta, triple crown, menage a trois, win, place, and show. You should have not used Robert Stevenson. He just pitched yesterday. He could have came in. You know, I understand that Piscotti is a right-handed hitter and Stevenson's a right-handed pitcher, but it doesn't matter, David Bell. This shift was what cost the game. It wasn't Sonny Gray's walks. It wasn't Stevenson giving up that home run. It was these stupid shifts. So I don't care how we put you number three on the bad things list. In fact, David Bell, I'm going to give you a reprieve. Whoever number th- number three on the bad things list goes to whatever idiot is in the analytical department talking, telling these guys to do the shifts on every player. Oh, you got a heartbeat? Well, let's put a shift on that player. You guys are crazy. Okay, so where do we go from here? Well, they're not going too far. They're playing in uh, Oakland again tomorrow afternoon, and it's going to be Tanner Roark. Tanner Roark, don't go on my bad things list. I want you to go seven innings tomorrow. I really ain't got too much more to yell at you about. You're 2-1 and one with a 382 ERA. I pray you go seven innings. You went six and two-thirds last time out. I hope you get to seven innings to really help this team out. They really need you. And the guy that they're going against, I don't even know this guy. I haven't really ever uh, – I've heard of him, but I haven't really looked at him. Chris Bassett. Um, actually, doesn't look too bad. 2.12 ERA. Three games, 1-0, 22 Ks and 17 innings pitch, uh, 0.94 whip. Man, having a little good season here. Uh, what did he do last year? Not too bad last year, 11 games, 3.02 ERA. So, anyways, uh, he's a right-handed pitcher. At least Votto and Dietrich will be in the lineup. Well, obviously, Votto was in the lineup today. Dietrich will be in the lineup. Winker will be in the lineup. They'll probably get a little bit more done. Uh, I know we didn't really go into the uh, every single run, nuance, cranny of uh, this game, but it was just funny that Profar provides, you know, the two runs last night to, 
and then he provides the first two runs tonight with another home run. Can't make it up. Uh, like I said, how can the Reds improve? You just gotta just fire. You gotta you gotta somehow make Dick Williams uh, some other position. Bring in a better uh, president of baseball operations. Tim Narian's probably the guy to bring in and, and and actually fix this thing. And if you want to have analytics, you just got to know how to implement them. You, you just, you just, like I said, it's like a kid with a toy that doesn't even read the directions. I apologize. Well, no, I'm not even sorry. I'm just tired of this. I've talked about the shift so much and how you don't put it on every player. Now, I'm not saying the Reds have put it on every player, every single player. That's a little stretch of the imagination. But literally, they are putting shifts on players that don't need it. And no, Olsen, you can put a shift on him. He's He is a pull hitter. But... I just want to say you don't put it on John Doe, baseball player. This Reds line probably is going to give me a heart attack. I can't handle these guys running this team in the ground anymore. And really the people that are blaming it on Stevenson giving up the home run, you're giving me you know, a headache. The people that are blaming it on Sonny Gray, you're giving me a migraine. You obviously aren't watching the game. You obviously don't understand that there's a flow to a game and there's a structure to everything from the lineup to your infield to positioning. And the Reds are doing everything in their power. I mean, why would you play Kyle Farmer at second base? Why? I understand why Dietrich wasn't playing second, because I think you think you had Brett Anderson, and there's a left-handed pitcher, and apparently you don't think Dietrich can play against him. But Josh Van Meter, you did start today. In fact, this is why you guys make no sense. You had a right-hander in fires yesterday that you could have started Josh Van Meter at second base in his first major league game, and you didn't. You brought him in like he's going against... Billy Chapel in the bottom of the ninth at Yankee Stadium to break up a no-hitter. You guys don't make no sense. And then you start Van Meter for his first day designated hitter against a left-hander, Brett Anderson. And I'm not saying you can't put Josh Van Meter against a left-hander. I'm just saying based on you, the people running the team, you guys don't even make any sense. And if I sound like I'm going crazy, just let... After this Reds line, stop it, reverse it, and play it again, and just go look at it. These guys are, I don't even know how they can make these decisions. It is beyond comprehension and incomprehensible how they come to the conclusions that they do. Now, I'll repeat myself. Yesterday, right-handed pitcher, Mike Fires, Josh Van Meter, they bring him in in the bottom of the ninth to pinch hit. He should have started yesterday at second base. They had Kyle Farmer starting at second base yesterday, and they had Kyle Farmer starting today. In fact, I wouldn't even be on your case about Farmer starting. Well, I would because of that error. Not the error, but you know what I mean. The ball that should have been fielded by a second baseman in his normal position. But even at the end of the entire 
process of thinking this out from your standpoint, trying to put myself in your shoes, you don't make any sense. Van Meter should have played yesterday and not today just based on your craziness. And I'm offering Van Meter playing both days. But anyways, from the Little Apple all the way back to Red's country, good night, Cincinnati.